Welcome back to the World of Fucks podcast where we talk about just 8 to 12, 50 to 100 different reasons why the world is fucked on any given episode. Um, I'm Brianna. And I'm Lauren. And today we're going to talk about J-Lo. And I don't know if she's necessarily fucked, but we keep allowing her to happen. So maybe it's us. Yeah, I think it is us. <laughs> Sorry, I'm recovering from a little sicky. Miss Lauren is recovering from a little sicky, so might have a couple of weird vocal things, but whatever. You're fucking with us, so don't leave us now. <laughs> Our ton of followers. Yes. We're up to 18, so. Okay, well, 18 loyal. Um. You know, you know what? I will just go ahead and plug right now. We meant what we said. If you follow the Instagram, the Instagram will follow you back, and both of us will follow you as well. So you get three follows for one follow. Um, and turn the post notifications on. So when we post about an episode, you need to just hurry up and listen to it. Just go ahead and share it. I'm going to shout out one of our listeners for sharing our episode on her story. Like, that's how you become a part of the inner circle, you know? That's it. (laughs) You're about to shout someone out right now. Oh, well, I'll say her name. Hey, Gia. Thank you for putting us on your story. We really appreciate you. Like, you definitely called after the first episode. We're so encouraging. And let us know if you want to write in. Uh, a topic or share shed some light on something we'll definitely be talking about it on the episode wait yeah and that's like and maybe I'll put this at the end like I'll edit this to the end maybe I don't know Mm -hmm. we'll see but I feel like write us in if you want to guest like pod with us or guest just like talk to us honestly these are kind of fun Mm -hmm. I would be willing to like Postmates you a bottle of wine or something, and you can come and sit with us and talk about what you hate most in this world, and it would be fun. I think so. Um. Yeah. So, I watched the J Lo documentary, and you know what? I totally forgot what the fuck it's called. Like Center Stage or something. Um, it's called Halftime. Duh. Um. And the Netflix tagline is like, icon, legend, J-Lo. So I'm going to ask you, Lauren, name your top, like, just top 10 legends. It doesn't even have to be singers. And I just kind of want to see how long it takes you to get to Jennifer Lopez. I would, I can tell you right now, she would not crack my top 50. Shocking. Um... (laughs) go like through it you know yeah I'm just like there's Whitney Houston there's Beyonce Beyonce. I mean I would like even people I don't fuck with like Kim Kardashian are more iconic than J-Lo yeah I agree also like like, fucking Margaret Thatcher that's an icon a terrible person (laughs) Yeah, Margaret Thatcher, yeah. <laughs> My God. No way. 
in a way, the way she ruined the UK, like, iconic. Yeah, honestly, yeah, she was doing... <laughs> Literally, they're carrying on her legacy. Yeah. Yeah, they're, like how many more that I would put ahead of her I just don't even like I don't really associate that word with her I guess at all I was shocked like superstar pop star I could could even say like her going for a legend in the making I feel like at a time you know Right. And we'll get into it. They they really try to, this is as much of a recap on her life to this point as it is like setting up for like pushing her to the next stage of her career. You can kind of tell. Um, so it starts July 2019. And I think they do a great job with like the overarching chronology And I will Mm -hmm. say a big theme for me in watching this is that this documentary, it's a documentary, is well produced. Like, I think whoever whoever did did the directing, I didn't really look up the credits, not a um, did a great job of saying this is the story we're going to tell and we're going to just get a bunch of footage from her and splice it into this story. And I thought they did, did and do a great job of saying this is the narrative. And I think she sums it up in like the voiceover. Um, so it starts July 2019. It's her birthday. She's on a tour bus. It's her 50th birthday. Please tell me she's a Leo and not a Cancer we'll have to we'll have to see um she is she's not a cancer guys okay she's a leo that makes a lot of sense so she had been a cancer i'd have to look at myself in the mirror as well (laughs) am i the j-lo of my life Uh, (laughs) like ben affleck of my life i think i'm the ben affleck of my life and i'm also every person who's ever dated wow yeah I do think you need to stop judging yourself so harshly. No, it's like, I am the best thing that's ever happened to me and the worst thing that's ever happened to me. (laughs) It was the best of Lauren's. It was the worst of Lauren's. Yeah, so she's on a tour bus. So presumably she's on tour and isn't like doing some rich pantomime of van life. Um, (laughs) And she's got her whole team and homegirl rolls deep. Like, they try to make it seem like she's got, like, an intimate group of girlies. But when you really start to look at it and think about it critically, like, I'm going to point out a couple times where she's got at least eight other people with her. On this small-ass bus, she's got her set of twins. um, And she's got her eight or ten girlies. And there's a fucking camera crew, too. Like, that's a lot of people. I'm sure it's hot as fuck on that bus. And she says the quote, life is just beginning. And I'm like, that's so fitting for the beginning of this documentary. But like, what are you trying to say? Like, are you trying to say like, she's like restarting? Is this a new life? Is this kind of like a metamorphosis? Like, I'm already thinking like, what is the view? And they beat us over the head with it. Okay. We immediately jumped to six months later. Um, Mm -hmm. 
it's the Super Bowl. They're in Miami. And she says this line, and it's like, you remember that, like, three-part thesis they told us to write in high school? Yeah, yes. <laughs> the three-pronged thesis. The whole documentary is going over this fucking three-pronged thesis. It's like, she goes, my whole life, I've been battling to be heard, to be seen, and to be taken seriously. And they let that rock. The whole time. Jennifer Lynn Lopez. (laughs) (laughs) Bitch, we cannot stop seeing you. Like, what are you talking about? Right. Everyone knows who you are. (laughs) What I ever... And now you're bringing your kids into show business, too. So, like, please save it. Wait, Wait. have you ever seen... I don't mean to derail this, but have you seen that she's, like, an industry plant? Yes, so I'm going to talk about that when she talks about, like, going back to her roots. They mysteriously skirt around a bunch of shit in this documentary. And the silence is so fucking loud. She goes into her background, and they've got, like, the disposable camera photos out. They've got the photo book that clearly they've gotten from her mom's house and have, like, scanned um at like a kinko's or something and she talks about her two sisters and she goes my mom always said like my one sister was smart and my other sister could sing and I was just an athlete or a dancer and I wasn't smart and I couldn't sing and I'm like bitch that's the truth like (laughs) yeah it's important to be self-aware so maybe that is that a theme (laughs) The theme is she's not self-aware. She laughs, like, <laughs> and I proved them wrong. Like, you didn't, and you still haven't, and you won't. Yeah, at least on the singing part, I don't know. I, maybe she's smart. I don't know. Uh, she'll she'll prove to us in just a moment that she's not. Like, I mean, anyone who dates Ben Affleck twice, like, I just... Twice. Just engage them twice. Like, that's, I mean... It's a lot. It's a little tough. She talks about, like, how, like, growing up in the Bronx was, like, pretty gray and, you know. I would like to say, I think she's actually real and it made me like her. Um, But I didn't learn anything new about her. Like, all of the things that we have been told about J-Lo are just, like, confirmed and maybe there's some more details added or, like, her perspective surrounding it. But she's not, like, a mysterious character. Okay. Yeah, I hate when celebrities do that and, like, make documentaries, and it's just, like, okay, well, give us some gossip, you know what I mean? Even right. if they just had one person they slept with that, like, nobody knew about and was, like, really weird, I would be, like, thank you. Right. appreciate your addition to pop culture. Well, if they don't do that, like, do something else, you know? Yeah, but, like, share something new. Right. Like, I don't need, like, a compilation of all your, like, People Magazine interviews. But that's what this is. (laughs) I don't need to watch it. Right. No, you don't need to watch it. You'll hear everything she's ever said right here today in this episode. I'm saving you a lot of time. Um, It reminds me of the the Travis Scott documentary, the Astroworld or wherever. Okay. I, so, I really like Travis Scott. Me too. But the documentary, to me, did not reveal anything. 
I think the only part I remember like sticking out to me was when they showed the room that he like recorded in when he was like a child and mm-hmm. a teenager, and I was like, oh shit, it's gonna mm-hmm. tense. But it was just like I don't know that I guess like gave me more of an idea of who he is. Yeah, yeah, I do think it humanized him. Yeah, so it does something, right? Like, I don't think Beyonce's like homecoming revealed a lot about her. No, all but, it revealed to me was her, um, her like dietary things. Oh yeah, when she was trying to get in shape for Coachella. Yeah, I was at that performance though. So okay, icon. Yeah, talk about icons. Is it me? Am I the? Jealous? Are you the icon? Um. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I'm derailing. No, that's this is what this is about. So she's in the Bronx. She's talking about how she would use musicals to sort of escape, like the gray sort of background. And um, she looked up to Rita Moreno. So she's giving like her props to um her not foremother, but like really a trailblazer. Or no. Huh? Do I have the wrong person? Is she from West Side Story? Yes. Like, and they intersplice clips of West Side Story. Um, and, you know, it's saying that, like, I've had this Latina icon to sort of look up to. Mm-hmm. She then goes on to say she was really bad at school. So, like, maybe you're proving you're not smart. And um, her mom was basically like, you can do school or you can leave. And she left. Um, and then she talks about being a fly girl and working on and living color as a fly girl and doing like these gigs or whatever. And she uses a derogatory term and I'll let you guess what it is to describe a person who is moving place to place, who doesn't have a home. Um, Mm -hmm. does it start with a G? Yes. I like it never (laughs) feels to like surprise me I don't even know I just feel like people don't realize that that is like a slur but it's like how do you not realize it because I feel like so many people will like constantly be like reminding you of that and it's like how do you still say it right this leads me to believe go ahead so when people use that word it leads me to believe that you're not listening to any discourse at all right yeah like when people like give us the classic microaggressions and then like the the slurs that in the last 20 years we've come to know as like slurs that lets me know baby you're tuned out yeah you're done you don't care you're not trying to learn you're not even your algorithm is not even feeding you any education do you think that's like just a result of like getting to that level of fame where it's like nothing can really hurt me um I don't really care how I act I'm not gonna try to like be better like no one's gonna really cancel me at this point so yeah I feel like especially I don't know what it is about that age cohort but they feel like any criticism is a part of like an echo chamber of like haterism like those are just haters anything you do will be perceived negatively and like these people and it it leads me to 
guess that there's a certain level of like emotional immaturity that goes along with it because why don't you understand like the meaningful difference between like a tabloid saying your ass is too fat or you're fat or you're this and like you said a racial slur yeah yes and like I think it's always oh my gosh this is like something I feel like Taylor Swift does a lot yeah where like a very valid critique will be brought up against her and it's suddenly like this is like an affront to all women you're like like yeah my body my womanhood blah 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 blah. and it's like no just like own that you did something racist like it's just like where is yeah like where is the disconnect happening like they always was problematic wasn't she always always word like back in the 90s said the n-word multiple times on songs first let's start there and the like there is a i'm gonna call it a whitewashing of like all her black support and like halfway through the documentary it becomes clear that she is produced and packaged to us in a beautiful way but the package is lacking the package itself her is she is mediocre at best and not self-aware to the point where the talents that i believe she has you know she claims to be a singer a dancer and an actress i think she's most talented at dancing and we don't even see her do a fucking eight count until 40 minutes in (laughs) i agree on the dancing for sure i think that is definitely what she's the most talented at baby you're 50 and you're like doing this shit with these people like that's some that's the iconic shit right there yeah yeah and i think that's um no i don't know i don't want to tell people like that's what you should stick with but like and you know i like some of the j-lo movies like enough i do enough and made a manhattan oh top tier yeah Uh, i just watched enough like this week like that's one of my comfort films it was like trending on tiktok i was gonna watch it this weekend stop was it see yeah (laughs) it's so good i should see this we had to watch that in health class when i was in school stop it like a very um like woke health teacher she was like very pro-women and so she Mm -hmm. made us watch that to be like and this is what happened like women get abused all the time like and (laughs) like and you all are gonna internalize this and I was like oh my gosh this is and if you abuse a woman you're gonna die like (laughs) that's just what's gonna happen it's a threat (laughs) so she then talks about after she uses a racial a ethnic slur she goes and then talks about how she supported herself she pulled herself up by her bootstraps and she took acting classes and then she's like and i couldn't get represented as an actress they only wanted to represent me as a dancer and i'm like the call is coming from inside the house you keep saying the thing and then sidestepping it like what okay she immediately goes into the documentary immediately cuts from her birthday to the background now we're talking about hustlers and 
she's like, and I found this film finally. I, I got what I wanted and it's gritty and it's got substance and it's like everything I fought for in my career. And she's doing this fucking pole dancing. I unfollowed J-Lo in 2019 because she would not stop posting fucking videos on Instagram of her pole dancing. And I get it. Learning how to pole dance is a skill, but bitch, I don't need to hear you or see you every five minutes pulling yourself up a damn bar, like a a vertical bar. Like, I I don't need to see that. Like, I, I want to see the film. I'm glad you're learning how to do it. Like, I'm glad that you're body positive and you look good, girl. But like, at some point, like, stop taking that damn retractable pole everywhere you fucking go. Right. Right. Did you see that movie? I did. I just recently watched it, like, this year. I watched that in theaters with my mom. Like, I remember seeing that with her. What did your mom think about it? I think we both liked it. I think I liked it more. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, like, it wasn't great. Like, it was just, like, entertaining, right? Like, it's, like, you know, filmed on 5K. Like, it it looks nice. You know what I mean? It's not like terrible, oh. but you know, I I really like Lily Reinhardt. Mm-hmm. I liked watching her. I don't know. Like I like seeing her outside of Riverdale. <laughs> like, <laughs> she gets to be out of that hellhole. Whatever Riverdale is. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. It was not a memorable movie. I had not thought about it until you just brought it up. Do you think she should have gotten an Oscar? Is my follow up question. No. Okay. Did she that? Yes. This whole film is about um, about the Oscar buzz, which I'm about to get into. She goes on this like two to three minute rant about how she's a feminist and it's a feminist moment and she wants to be producing movies. She's a producer now and she wants to be producing movies that have something to say. So then they cut to these like this Oscar buzz with this voiceovers and they're cutting between like her going to all these premieres and then her styling team is back and it's like eight to 12 and then, and she's talking about, uh, I think I'm going to get the Oscar. I think I'm going to, basically she's saying like, I want to do this. They're talking about the scheduling, but really what she's suggesting is she's doing all this to get the Oscar, right? Like she's going to all these film festivals and premieres to play the game to get the Oscar for Hustlers. I cannot believe she thought she was going to win that. In her heart, she did. So literally, she's with her... Renee Zellweger. Oh, um, for Judy Dench or what? I'm sorry, for Judy Garland. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, whatever. Renee Zellweger is a good actress. I'm not surprised. Right. She beat it's like when people are like, Nicki Minaj doesn't have a Grammy. And I'm like, have you seen the people that Nicki Minaj has been nominated against? Like, yeah. That's like, that's like the whole like Leonardo DiCaprio conversation. It's just like, I, right. I mean, me, I think the only year he really got snubbed was Wolf of Wall Street. And I, I don't think, was he even nominated? I feel like he was nominated for like supporting or something. And he, he was obviously he was. the lead. He was nominated. That was the only one where I think he probably should have won that. Who won? Let me see. 
Okay, while you're looking that up, her team is like Matthew McConaughey. Oh, for Dallas Buyers Club. No, that was. I I definitely think Leo should have won over him. Yeah, I do. I do believe that in my heart of hearts. I think we'll have to agree to disagree. Or maybe I just like it because it was good for Matthew McConaughey. I'm totally fine with Matthew McConaughey having an Oscar mm-hmm. because that's like he's had a good career and like whatever. Will he ever get another one? I don't know. No. Appreciate that. But I think that Leo's performance in Wolf of Wall Street was both better than his mm-hmm. in Dallas Buyers Club, and it was also much better than his performance in the one that he actually won the Oscar for. I can't even remember the name of it where he's like attacked. Oh, the bear. Revenant. Yeah. I will say that it is the first movie I've ever watched where I've been like physically repulsed. Mm-hmm. Um, like by that scene in particular, it was I've never seen a movie that was just too violent for me to watch, and I just thought it was like on some like almost like somebody's trying to do high art Quentin Tarantino. Like it was almost camp the way that it was so mm-hmm. grotesque. I was on a plane to Sri Lanka when I watched it and I threw up on the plane and like because I just couldn't it was just too much like like the flight attendant came and was like oh my god do you have do you need droning are you motion sick and I'm like no I'm sick of this fucking movie like I (laughs) (laughs) it was just like a lot and he was just being mauled for so long but that's how that's what being mauled is like in real life okay anyway back to J-Lo I'm, really it's the same thing everyone yeah. around her yeah, I'm yeah so she's with her her squad I'm gonna just call them her squad and they're doing her makeup and she gets a FaceTime and it's literally a yes woman on the other end she's like I've gotta read you this article again it's like Vanity Fair and they're like hustlers and it's the movie of the season and da 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 and I think she's gonna get an Oscar and then like literally everybody in the room with her yells Oscar like Yahtzee and it is like I we like literally what you're just saying like you get to a level of fame and everybody around you is on the same Jim Jones drink the Kool-Aid bullshit right like I get like your employer you're supposed to hype them up you're supposed to keep them like you know up because like the more confident they are the more jobs they get and that feeds your pockets but like at some point you got to say like Jen you're not gonna get no fucking Oscar and luckily her family pretty much does that they humble the fuck out of her she is reading like this this group message and they her mom does this her mom specifically does this a couple times and her dad like sends in the text message first of all you're you're about to see the editing genius in this transition her dad sends a text message about the new york jets they're all from new york right her Mm -hmm. sister sends the vanity fair article and is like go jets but like also jen is in this vanity fair article and they say she's really good in this movie and then the mom is like whatever the game is on like we need a fucking kicker for the jets go jets um and they use that to segue into talking about the NFL and I'm like okay <laughs> um 
And why the NFL? Because she does the Super Bowl. Oh, oh, oh right. Okay, I was like, is this like a A-Rod thing? I thought he was baseball. So, on the A-Rod note, in every confessional, she's got the engagement ring on. But we're 20 minutes in, and she does not mention him. He is not mentioned in the entirety of this documentary. Well, don't you think they probably edited him out? Like, after yes. they broke up? They had to scrub him. I know they did. But it's wild that they could still salvage, like, a narrative out of it. And it, yeah. it makes me think, like, what did we miss by scrubbing him out? Yeah, probably a lot. Probably a lot, but like also like I've never known a rod to say or do anything particularly enlightening. So maybe it was just like a representation of like our last two brain cells talking to each other on screen. Yeah. Like, do you remember when Lori Harvey and Future were dating? Mm My constant thought was, what the fuck do they have to say to each other? Okay, but, like, how many... Okay, now I think I'm, like, obsessed with the idea of PR relationships. And it's just, like... Yeah. Maybe maybe they didn't actually have feelings for each other. I don't know. Or maybe, like, they were both just, like, yeah, you're hot. This is fine. I don't have to talk much. Right. I think that's what it had... That's what it had to have been, because... Like, he's a rapper, but what does he say? So they, like, do this great segue from the Jets to, like, the NFL. And it's, like, the Colin Kaepernick controversy. And this is the only time they, like, really talk about racial injustice in the country in terms of Black people. Which is weird, right? Because it's the NFL. Which, for our listeners, if you don't know, is, like, 60% 60% African-American. Yeah. Um, so they talk about kneeling and basically how Colin Kaepernick's ousting, a former NFL player Colin Kaepernick's ousting from the NFL has caused a lot of PR um, headaches for the National Football League and the fact that there's a lot of shady shit with him entering back into a team. Um, I'm not the most knowledgeable person about all the politics of it, but I know that there was a couple of different tryouts um, and no team to date has picked him back up after him being pretty much ousted for kneeling um, during the national anthem in protest of uh, racial violence in the U.S. So they set up that Rock Nation, headed by Jay-Z, is now, like, advising the Super Bowl performance in particular, but the NFL writ large. And spoiler alert, J-Lo does the Super Bowl, and they say, and the twist, they market it as a twist, was that she was joined by Shakira. And they kind of use this language a couple different times. Like, they talk about how Shakira being added on is pretty much an inconvenience, is unprecedented, which is untrue. I mean, Beyonce and Coldplay and Bruno Mars did one all together. Like, they had a couple combo performances. How J-Lo shouldn't have to share a stage is really what they're suggesting here. And I don't, like, 
obviously I can't inhabit my 2019 or early 2020 body anymore. If I could, I would have bought different stocks at that time. <laughs> if I had to know what was coming, <laughs> I would be a millionaire at this point. But <laughs> if I could go back, I don't think I would have said like it was so shocking that Shakira joined JLo on stage. No. Also, okay, going back to the beginning of this podcast, when you were going to ask me to name 10 icons, mm -hmm. I thought you were going to ask me to name three, I don't know why, but three of her songs, and I would not have been able to. Name three J-Lo songs right now. I, Jenny from the Block is genuinely the only one that comes to mind. I wish I knew more. <laughs> So I literally, even I'm looking them up and I'm like, I don't fucking know. What is this? I like Let's waiting for tonight. I cannot, cannot tell you what that is. The harder question is, name three J-Lo songs that she's sung with her own voice. Or, yeah. or one. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm looking at the title of all of these. I'm like, I, I have no idea what this is. This is from, I don't I literally only know Jenny from the block. That's, I mean. And I'm not, like, not caught up on pop culture. I'm not, I'm deep in pop culture. I don't know. I don't know her songs. I don't know her. Okay. And I think that's a great place to, to like, pause real quick. I want it to be known that I'm a Mariah Carey stan. I'm Same. in the 100%. land. Like, yeah. And that's part of why I don't like J-Lo. Right. For those who, the uninitiated, those who don't know, there is a tension. I wouldn't call it a feud because that actual icon does not have a feud with Jennifer Lopez. Okay, because one of them is a top 10 icon. Mm -hmm. And like, and like, not like arguably, like almost like objectively is. Right. Especially in like the pop world, like very much so. Who can sing better than her? Anyone? Can I win? I don't know. There's I, probably a debate, but like very few. A lot of them are dead. If they can't sing better than her, they're dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, R.I.P. to them, to those greats. Pulling out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like, for those who don't know, um, when Mariah Carey, like, first came out, very young, she was, I believe, groomed and preyed upon by a music executive named Tommy Matola, who she was married to and isolated by like isolated from the rest of her life by this man he was um a, a, an executive at her record label so he had he was in a position of power over her and her career and her money um and they had a tumultuous relationship like she details times where she just like went down the street to go to mcdonald's with like artists she had songs with and he's like come back here like don't leave the mansion like wear your hair curly, don't ever wear it straight, don't wear this, wear that. So, like, very, like, mentally abusive things, and I don't know if that abuse ever escalated, but the manipulation certainly persisted. Yeah. When Mariah was able to get under the grasp of Tani Matola, she was still on the label, so he still had access to her music. Um, and 
was using what he knew about what she was about to release to build up this up and coming artist who was fair skinned and racially ambiguous like Mariah thin but courageous so slim thick like Mariah who had sort of a star power like Mariah did but couldn't sing you know but Mariah couldn't dance like they had they were complementary but very similar so he said well I've got this pop star and I hear Mariah's got a song with Ja Rule. Keep in mind, he did not want her doing any songs with hip hop artists. And she was one of the first like mainstream artists to have like hip hop like features on her song or to be featured on hip hop songs doing hooks and verses and things like that. Like she started that all. That's icon behavior. So he's like, Mariah's got a song with Ja Rule. We're going to scrap that or make sure it doesn't work or make sure producers don't work with Mariah. We're going to have them, all the producers, all the writers, all the features that are going to be big work with J-Lo. And this is at a time where Mariah's literally having an emotional breakdown. She just did glitter. She is hospitalized for exhaustion. And she just went through a divorce and is having to restart her life and her career and all that. So he's using J-Lo to get back at Mariah. And Mariah is being constantly asked in interviews, J-Lo, J-Lo, J-Lo this, J-Lo that. Um, and Mariah's like, I don't know her. And which yeah. where we get the iconic meme of, I don't know her from. Like, this woman is used as a pawn yeah. against, like, a real one. Like, literally being pitted against a Black woman at the start of her career. And that shit kind of persists. Um, so I, I, clearly I've taken Mariah's side, but J-Lo's, as any sane person should, right? Like the icon over the pawn, the, the, the industry plan, (laughs) her music, so she has a music exec, J-Lo, that she works with named Benny Medina, who is well-known in the music industry. And he's the one that's saying on J-Lo's behalf, J-Lo never really says this, that it's an insult to have two Latinas. Basically, the NFL is trying to say that J-Lo isn't enough, that it's typically one artist with the guest, and it's basically, it's a bad idea that it shouldn't happen. He's saying this. He later says, like, at the beginning of Jennifer's music career, we took all opportunities that were presented to us. So he's basically admitting that he's a part of that whole bullshit. So keep in mind when this person talks, he's on some bullshit. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, you should keep that in mind. <laughs> they jump to October 2019. So they go from July to October. And uh, they finally have the conversation with Shakira about the fucking um, Super Bowl performance. And Shakira says she'd like to do a double intro. To me, they never explain what that means, but based off of what I can think about, it means that they want to, she wants to come out at the same time as J-Lo rather than having a staggered, you know, performance where J-Lo performs first and then Shakira or vice versa. She wants to do it, wants to open it together. Okay. Um, and 
not into that. Jayla's not into that. She's like, we got 12 minutes. And she basically, from this first conversation with Shakira, is like, I want to do something. I want to dig deep. I want to say something big. I don't want to just, I don't want to just shake my ass. Like, we got 12 minutes, but maybe we could do 13 to 14 minutes. And um, in the past, you know, it cuts to her not giving a fuck about social issues. Like, Hoda from, I don't know, CBS or NBC or whatever, that morning show, um, is like asking her, you got a lot of songs about love. And she's like, yeah, fuck politics, pretty much. She's like, politics, I don't do that. I don't write about social issues or I don't sing about social issues. It's not about me. But then she says like, I started being like afraid for my kids recently. And then when I saw kids in cages and when Trump got elected, I started caring. Girl, what? Yeah, why would you tell on yourself like that? Right. Like, said it with her whole chest. Yeah. I uh, mean, I think luckily both of us have cared about people before <laughs> in our lives. So, like, this wouldn't come out later. But I cannot imagine being like, I did not care about anyone until my children were like people. <laughs> like, they were like eight. And then I was like, oh, shit, bad things can happen to them now let me care like i cannot i would never say that to the world right i don't even know if i'd say that to a therapist i right I like she got a she got it wrong like a lot like i yeah always like we're she, like it's i mean her go ahead sorry no you go ahead <laughs> no i just i mean like when has she ever gone it right like i just feel like was enough the only time that was like the one time I was just like, I mean, yeah, her character slim. I can't even give her credit for that. Yeah, no, she was. It was not her character was not written by J Lo. Mm, no, 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 no. It was a departure from who she really is. <laughs> really her. She's like, I, like, I was slim. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, but like she's gotten it wrong like three times in this fucking movie. Previously, what they don't talk about is that she was under fire, and I believe that was like maybe 2017, where she was like, all love matters. And for anybody with half a brain cell, like doing risks of Black Lives Matter to erase Black people from being in the forefront when the whole point of the saying is that black people need to be in the forefront for us to have a different world is like tone deaf it's anti-black it's weird and it's like the quickest way to know someone is just like not smart yeah it's also it's just like yeah there's so many other things you could say like there's not only been one sort of like social movement right. ever in the history you know what I mean like why does it, everything have to have like the same to be matter at the end right like what happened to love is love that's always been there it works like hey, it's still there or like love everybody or where is the love like those are great sayings but like you don't have to erase black people she then tells Shakira and is arguing like she's like I want to open with born in the USA but Shakira's like, I'm not born in the USA. Why would we open like that? Like, my inclusion in the NFL is because I add an international perspective. Why would we open with born in the fucking USA? 
You're just, yeah, why would you ever? Like, why would you ever want to do that? She brings up Born in the USA four times. Like, she wants to do this shit so bad. And, like, there's this riff with her, with one of her squad members, and they're like, we're a country of immigrants. And this and that, and we're all born in the USA. And I'm like, no, like, the point is that, like, there are people who were not born in the USA who are being treated unfairly. And, like, being born in the USA is not a prerequisite to humanity. Like, that's as much of an accident as, like, winning the lottery or getting hit by a car. Right. Like, I, you know, just, who can control where they were born? Like, that's the point. <laughs> like, every time she talks about inclusion, I'm like, you really don't get it, sis. They jump, yeah. they jump from October to November. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, I mean, I just feel like anyone who's been rich since, like, at this point, before, like, 2008, mm-hmm. it's just like, you're probably a piece of shit by now, right? Yeah. Like, I can't. You're so far gone. Yeah. So they jump from mm-hmm. like November 2019 to November 2019. It's Thanksgiving. She's got no makeup on. It's a ton of family. And her mom criticizes her again. She's like, your potato salad got like too much vinegar. Mm-hmm. And her mom pretty much admits to abusing her kids. She said, yeah, like oh, Jalen says, she beat the shit out of us. And... Oh, wow. I would say the editing is terrible here because, like, they just have this, like, heartwarming piano in the background. Like, that's family. <laughs> Wait, that's how it ends? No, it's just, like, just in that moment, they just have, like, the piano in the background. They're, like, just, like, and that's what family does. <laughs> like, that's, like, mood they're trying to set with it. Uh, and she reveals, like, her mom wanted, her, wanted to be an actress. Like, she wanted to like have the career that JLo has. So like they're like they have all this going. It's like almost like whiplash, like watching it. Like it's so much shit builds upon each other, like back to back. Cause they immediately go into Selena and they talk about how she's like broken pretty much the color barrier. And she's like making a million dollars a film. And then they talk about how she does the album right after Selena comes out. And then that's when Benny Medina says, like, we were determined to seize all the opportunities presented. And then somebody announces her as a dancer, actor, singer, icon. So there's that word icon again. At some like like award show. And they describe her as a woman of color that had the audacity to pursue her dreams. Mm-hmm. Not the audacity. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Ma'am, yeah, like cool, but like I, it reminds me of like when Kim Kardashian was like, I'm the first Armenian on Sports Illustrated. (laughs) Like, like okay, like to me, it is a slightly different lived experience, but it feels disingenuous coming from this woman when I know she only started identifying as a woman of color recently even though she's always been racialized, like, in media. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that happens a lot, though, right? Like, if even, like, I don't know, even people I do actually, like, quite enjoy that are in pop culture. I'm like, like, Cardi B comes to mind, right? Yeah. Like, she 
distanced herself from being black for a long time but like once people were like okay why are you singing the n-word in your songs and then she was like well i am black like well yeah i she's dominican and they have a weird relationship with race but also like it's very clear that she's black (laughs) so after they make this women of color quote ben fucking affleck makes an appearance and i don't know if they were soft launching their relationship or he was always gonna appear but i just think it's so weird they cut multiple times to like the tabloid and media coverage of her (laughs) he is clearly like made up and like you you know when you can tell somebody's got like concealer caked under their eyes mm-hmm. like he looks like he's being set up like in a director's chair and what he says is actually pretty profound but I can't even like look at him because I'm like how drunk are you right now like that's the only question on my mind wasn't he an addict like or like didn't he struggle with like addiction yes and that's like why him and Jennifer Garner. Yeah. 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 So he like talks about how um, they, I guess they were having a conversation when they were together about how poorly she was treated in the media. And he's like, well, how do you deal with it? And she goes like, I'm a Latina. And um, like, that's how I expect to be treated. And like, you expect to be treated fairly. And I like that maybe they have that moment in their relationship where a a man from Boston had to confront the fact that he's white and that gives him privilege. Um, Maybe that made him a better person if it actually happened, but I'm not sure that that's something J-Lo would have said in 2003, and I'm not sure that's something he would have accepted like in 2003 at all. I'm sure now. Like, when did that conversation even happen? I need receipts. Also, in my head, I feel like I feel like Jennifer Garner would have called him out at some point. Right. But I think maybe I'm just like bought into her as being like a good person. I might be distorted. I don't know. Gosh, is she gonna let us down? Jennifer Garner. Yeah. No, I think she's gonna her and like Reese Witherspoon, I think even if they have like controversy, they're like intelligent enough to bury it. Yeah. <laughs> like I think they just like wouldn't. But they both seem, they have such, like, a wholesome vibe. I think they'll just continue that until they die. Hopefully. And then we'll learn about it. Like, this should ruin my fucking image of you. I think that's why I get so mad at celebrities. Like, I thought that we were cool. And, like, you a piece of shit. Like, please stop. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't like any of them, really. So- There's, like, a handful. I mean, you can tell the ones that are, like, super, um, like, far left, like, radical. Right. right? It's, like. You know, you know. Dula Pete. Like Nina Simone types. It's like, you know, Nina Simone was like not going to let you down. Yeah. I feel that way about like no name. Yeah. Or like, so India Moore. Mm-hmm. I feel like there are like certain celebrities where it's like, okay, you're going to, you'll probably be on the right side. Kalani is one for sure. Yeah. Wait, her and Christian Walker. That was oh, so funny. You're my asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I am 
like really conflicted about like I know that this is going off on a tangent but like I'm conflicted about Herschel Walker and like running for Congress in Georgia and all that mainly because a lot of the controversy surrounding or a lot of the detractors from Herschel Walker are on the basis that he's schizophrenic and not on the basis that he's a fucking asshole. Wait, what? He's schizophrenic? Yes. You know, he beat the shit out of Christian Walker's mom while she was pregnant with Christian. Oh my God, that's fucked up. I had no idea. And so I don't, is, yeah, right. So I'm I'm almost done because this shit ends pretty abruptly. Uh, oh, is it? Yeah, I'm almost done. This shit pretty much ends like in the next five to 10 minutes of us speaking. So she wow. does SNL. I totally forgot about that. She is, I didn't even look up the SNL episode. It looked boring. She's like, I'm not funny. And I'm like, you're not. Um, <laughs> not going to look at that. She does a Hollywood Reporter roundtable and she talks about like how fucking like uh, nervous she was to be doing the, the, the stripping and all that. And this begs the question of like, she's like, I'm bearing it all. I don't get to wear, t- I don't get to wear tights or whatever. But she is never nude in the film. Do you think if she was nude, she would have had a better chance at the Oscar? Or at least topless? Honestly, I don't know. Because I think, yeah, I just think that people were... Like, the thing about the Oscars, too, is it's, like, it's not always about, like, who has the best performance, right? Right, yeah. A lot of times it has, like, the vibe of the movie and, like how much money the producers and directors and the cast are gonna like pour into it you know mm-hmm. and I just I just don't think she would have won anyway against Renee but she's not she's just not a better actor actress than Renee Zelliger like she's just not no 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 way she yeah. so I, I believe that we're in late 19 19- early 2020 or maybe it's December 2019 she's sick she's facetiming her kid and I think she's trying to soft launch like an early COVID diagnosis (laughs) she has like a house call from a doctor it's really weird he's like you got some kind of like upper respiratory something and she's like I don't know if I'll ever slow down like obviously foreshadowing COVID she's like maybe I'll slow down in the next year and whatever um and they're basically setting up that she's just really overwhelmed. Um, yeah. And then she goes, she's going all in on the Super Bowl rehearsal because she's like off tour and she's not doing her music videos or whatever. She's just like doing the press junket for Hustlers and she's doing the Super Bowl performance. She knows she needs to fucking bring it. She's got an, a black woman, uh, Paris Goble, which is Rihanna's Savage X Fenty choreographer. And her music director is Kim Burst. So she's got Benny Medina, Paris Govell, Kim Burst. Um, and she, and these are the three Black people really upholding her performance. And she's literally not said the word Black and police brutality yet in this film. And I get, like, there are a lot of people who disagree with me um, in saying that, like, of course, you know, you don't have to talk about black people in terms of police brutality, but I do think the model of policing is based on chattel slavery in the United States, which is a 
racialized event like against black people like and it just to me like her not acknowledging just lets me know she doesn't give a fuck doesn't understand it like isn't clear yeah and she's still going in about how it's the worst idea to have two people and then she goes and says like i'm gonna i got hip-hop j-lo i got funk j-lo i got latin j-lo and then she starts like freestyling Oh my god, don't they, don't celebrities feel like embarrassed? She does her best Lin-Manuel Miranda impression to this black woman, Kim Burst, who is her music director, and this woman is looking back at her with like, kind of like an open mouth, like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what? (laughs) Embarrassing. Cut to, like, go ahead. No, it's just, like was my only, that was the only thing I had to say. It's just like, why, why? You and Kim, like, <laughs> you and Kim, both. I can't help me, God. They cut to Golden Globe nominations. She's against Kathy Bates, Laura Dern, another person, for the fucking Golden Globe. And I'm like, baby is not getting it. She's super excited. Her turn. <laughs> Uh, and like they, she watches her Super Bowl practice, and they like start cheering. They're like, "You got the nomination." She's got on that fucking pole again, and this is the first time we see the fucking eight count. We don't went through the whole fucking movie, and this is the first time we see her dance the fucking eight count. She then goes to some dance studio and finds a bunch of kids that she wants to be in the Super Bowl with her, and she goes back to her team and she's like, "We're gonna do it, kids in cages." I found some girls. We're gonna put the girls in the cages. The girls need to be in the cages. And she's like hyped up, almost manic about it. And she goes, we need to show them the next generation will not be suppressed like we were suppressed. And I'm like, girl, who is, who is we? Like, <laughs> just because you didn't give a fuck doesn't mean we were suppressed. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. white supremacy exists, but like, wh- are you saying people didn't struggle? Like, are you saying people like didn't give a fuck? Like, girl, what? So then she talks to the like producers for the Super Bowl and they're like, she's like, I'm, I'm telling you what we're doing. We're doing the kids in the cages and I want this, the, I want the symbol, I want the woman symbol, she keeps calling it the woman symbol front and center. Um, but she doesn't, she's like, and I don't want to hit people over the head with it, but it's important to have the kids in cages and important to say that we're women and it's important. But I, I think if we have like a, a nice message, a soft message, then people will really listen to us. Like, girl, don't you think we fucking thought about being nice to oppressors? <laughs> like, right, it's also like we're not winning. What do you mean? Like, why Why do you think we're winning? The only, genuinely, like, the only thing that has changed, really, between when Trump was, like, putting children in cages and now when Biden is putting <laughs> people in cages is that it's not being shown in the media. Right. Like, that's the main change it's still very much a problem right so then the fucking nfl has to push her to be more inclusive the national football league has the wherewithal to say that maybe the seat the symbol for female might be exclusive to like non-binary people trans people they don't say non-binary or trans but they're like it could be exclusive to like many people in the audience and I'm like, okay, yeah. somebody fucking said it. But also, where is Jay-Z? Like, was Jay-Z at all a part of these conversations? Because 
I remember when Jay was like being like touted as the NFL consultant on black people. Like the argument was that you've got to be inside to make a change. I don't see him inside at all. Like, but that's also like, that's such like a, I don't even know. I feel like that's just like anyone's excuse. Who's like actually afraid of like real change is like, then they'll just say, Oh, it's coming from the inside. Like, no, it's, it's not right. Like, Baby, you're not a fucking Trojan horse. You're right. you're Beyonce. No one's a Trojan horse, so you know what I mean. It's just like how how could you be at this point? Like, there's no no the amount of people that would need to be inside of that fucking horse <laughs> is just too many for for it to be just a billionaire. You know what I mean? Just one other billionaire. He's like, oh, I I made it. I exploited people too. Now let me. Save everyone. I'm like, no. I'm just two millionaires in a trench coat stacked on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> right. And we're here to shake things up. So she's on this terrace. She goes, I- I'm going to have, I'm going to have my, my daughter. And at that time, she calls Emmy her daughter. But Emmy has since come out as non-binary. So I'm going to have my child sing instead of Bruce Springsteen. I'm not going to have Bruce Springsteen sing Born in the USA. Amy's going to sing Born in the USA. And she's like obsessed with this Born in the USA shit. She cuts the Golden Globes again. And she talks about how she went before as so, like for Selena. And everybody was like, you're not going to get that shit. They were right. She talks about the politics of the awards season. And she gets, um, an, she gets awarded like an icon or a legend award in Palm Springs at the Palm Springs Film Festival. And she gives a speech and the speech is like, you need to support, women need to support one another. And I'm like, mm-hmm. ain't that fucking rich? Support Mariah. Right. And it all comes back. And it all is full circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, all this is like a fairy tale. I'm a 50-year-old. I'm playing a stripper. I'm doing the Super Bowl. My life is totally different than what it looked like. She talked about taking a big break for her marriage and taking a back seat and her kids and having a really hard pregnancy at 40 with her kids and how she went back to her, her first foray back into the limelight was on American Idol and all this. And then what she leaves out is that she got a divorce because of Mark Anthony's appearance on American Idol. So she's Wait, what? yes, she was married to Mark Anthony at the time when she was a host, when she was a judge, and he came on to do a duet with her, or he came on to sing, and she wanted to do a duet with him, and he said, "I don't want to do a duet with you because you can't sing," and she filed for divorce shortly after that. Oh my god. I mean he was he lying? No. He was like, I actually married you for the moves <laughs> and not the voice. I love you for who you are, not what you think you can do. Right. So So then so Right, like I'm I'm like, why are y'all not talking about that? Like that's the tea girl. Right. That's actually really juicy. I like that. 
I would also really like to know. I always, whenever I see celebrity children of divorce, I'm always so curious to know which parent they like. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like the Brangelina kids clearly like Angelina, but I feel like there's so many like divorces that are like up in the air. It's like, which one of your parents is like fucked up more than the other? I assume both, but divorce. Throughout the documentary, Emmy has been mentioned multiple times. We saw Max the son once at the beginning once when they go to like do the first super bowl rehearsals uh, which they're actually about to get into and then once at the very end but emmy is featured multiple times so i think emmy is more with j-lo and max is more with the dad so i think it's an even split where you get twins maybe okay well makes sense i guess so Basically, um, she didn't get the Golden Globe and she's all in on this Oscar and um, uh, Super Bowl performance. And they like hype her up. They're like, February is going to be a big, could be a big month for Jennifer Lopez. Like the, the Golden Globe, the Academy Awards and the Super Bowl halftime performance are in consecutive weekends and she could rock both and blah 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 and I'm like she's definitely got one in the bag like the one she's contracted to do she's got that and like that's good um obviously doesn't get the Oscar like doesn't get the Academy Award um and like they like production has issues with the show this is the first time like we've ever seen Shakira and j-lo in this this is the first time we've seen them in the same room and j-lo is not saying any of that bullshit that she's saying behind shakira's back like i don't want to just be shaking asses uh why are we doing this together or i only got six minutes and she's got six minutes and all this other stuff shakira is like in j-lo's face pretty much like not not in her face but like she's not backing down she's like i don't think we should do this i don't think we should do that She's like, I do think we should shake a little bit of ass. Like, this is a performance. Like, I also culturally belly dance. Like, that's a part of my Latinx heritage. Like, I'm, it's not sexual if you're not sexualized. But this bitch is holding on to her fucking stripper pole the entire, like, fucking rehearsal. And I'm like, do you want this to be sexual or not? Like, what, pick a struggle, Jennifer. Production ends up having issues with the show and J-Lo kind of throws a fit and she's like, we're going to do it our way. Like we need, they're like, you only have 12 minutes. Cause J-Lo's like, maybe we have 13, maybe we could have 14 minutes. Maybe just give us a little bit of time. Y'all should have gave us 20 minutes if it was two headliners and blah, blah, blah. And all that. And production is like, you got 12 minutes. Take that bullshit out. They're like, take some of this shit out, whatever. At the end of the day, she leaves the girls in the cages. She has the female symbol. They do the damn born in the USA with Emmy in the beginning. Um, and then it kind of just ends and then starts up again. Like, I thought it was over. And then COVID happens and they do like a little thing like COVID-19 takes hold, whatever they do, like the little news clips. And they cut to the fucking inauguration. 
And she was like, I've never, Jayla was like, I've never been asked to perform at an inauguration before. And this is like another moment for me. It shows me that I can continue to achieve and everything that's happened in my personal life, basically referring to A-Rod, all the heartache I've experienced is worth this moment. And they go to her fucking singing, this land is your land. Let's get loud. <laughs> this land is my land. And then it ends. And that's it. That's the fucking Jayla mockumentary. And that is it. And it was terrible. And you guys, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't watch it. Don't watch this shit. I watched it for you. Yeah, I feel (laughs) it's like, was this episode as long as it? Maybe. But was it worth listening to more than watching the mockumentary, documentary? Yes. Yeah. Probably. Okay. I appreciate that. I appreciated your rundown. Thank you. Thank you for taking me back to 2001, a year I barely remember. <laughs> this is just my first. I promise I'll do another celeb, celeb documentary, mockumentary, whatever, and it'll be shorter. I mean, a lot of it was side combos. I'm, I'm going to cut out everything about, like, the chimp. <laughs> I forgot about the mauling, the, the, the two mauling conversations. <laughs> I'm almost like, do we save the questions for the next one? Yeah. Um, and then let's do quick, what what do we hate this week? So yeah. For each of us. So what, do you have one? Yeah. Um, I could probably come up. <laughs> yeah, I do have one. Um, so it's like, every time I go on a TikTok, I've been fed... I think you might have sent me one of those Riverdale videos at first. And I watched like the first couple seasons and I stopped because it got a little bit too wild for me. You sent me the Riverdale video with one person being held at multiple gunpoint. <laughs> and then every like two to three months, I will get fed an update on what's going on in Riverdale. And what's bothering me this week is why the fuck it still exists like, mm-hmm. do they have, like, these actresses, Lily Reinhardt, I don't know the other ones, the Sprouse twin, do they have, like, a family member of theirs held hostage? Why do they keep right. coming back? I don't know. I don't know. It's bad. It needs to stop. But I think they're done now, actually. I think this is, like, the end of it. Thank fuck, because I, I cannot do this anymore. Fair. I feel the same way. Every time it pops up, I'm just like, it's like, honestly... The amount of secondhand embarrassment that you get from looking at it is, like, it's painful. And it's just, like, how are you ruining so many lives? You know what I mean? Like, is this not a crime? (laughs) And people are just standing back, like, like Molly Ringwald is coming in every once in a while to, like, I don't know, act, quote-unquote. Like, I I don't know. She should have lived out her life as, like, an 80s icon. Right. I don't know if like the money went out, but she should have stayed in that in that space. I firmly believe she should have some of the roles that Jessica Chastain and like Bryce Dallas Howard like have. Like she is yeah. that. She is them. The two other, the two other redheads yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. There's room for one more. What is and it's Molly Ring. Oh, Christina Hendricks allegedly is the one yeah. who's fucked up uh good girl. Yeah. They should have just I like her though. They should have just recast Molly Ringwald. 
I think, well, okay, should I go into my... Yeah, so what's bothering you this week? It's, it's like, an obvious one, but I think it, I mean, it is just, like, monkeypox. Like, I'm not so... I'm, like, a little worried, right? Like, I've been sick a lot this summer. Um, It's not even, like, about, like, myself necessarily. I think it's just, like, now that there's, like, another one where it's, like, coming to terms with the the fact that like we truly are living in a world where now it's just like maybe for the rest of my life I'm going to have to worry about like fatal illnesses right yeah like that's just kind of wild it's just like not it's just not what you expect you know what I mean yeah and and there's no one alive right now that had previously experienced this and then it stopped and then they're experiencing it again you know what I mean because even with like well, maybe maybe people that were born in like the early 1900s, right? If they were like Spanish flu and then like polio, right? But like now, I don't know. I just feel like it's just kind of like a whole new way of living, mm-hmm. and not in a good way. It's like worse. It's like a lessened like quality of life, mm-hmm. and frustrating. I don't know. And it's just like it's so hard too because it's like wanting to kind of like constantly be making healthy responsible choices right and like how do you balance like also wanting to make like good choices for yourself right like I think with COVID it's like I got to a place where I was like okay like I'll always have tests at home right or if I'm ever feeling sick I'll I'll like test I'll get a PCR I'll I'll make sure that I'm like taking breaks between seeing people whatever mm-hmm. but I don't many things you know what I mean like how many different like symptoms how many different things are you expected to be like aware of and knowledgeable of and like constantly looking at it's just a lot yeah and like I want to clarify like when you said monkeypox I wasn't laughing at you I'm just laughing at like the fact that it feels like we're on like a a video game and maybe we put in the wrong cheat code or something yeah, because it's just kind of like, I think it's, it's like comical, right? Because I think you grow up with like chicken pox, mm-hmm. like being a thing. And that in and of itself just like sounds funny in a way. Mm-hmm. And then just being like, oh, but now it's monkey pox. What next? Dog pox? Like, it's just like, it, what other animals are we going to get? Right. Like, whatever. Like, and it, there is like some humor in that, right? Because it's just ridiculous. But like, how much? How much can we deal with? I don't know. It's like, it's also comical because, like, what do we, like, what has to happen for us to have a decent public health system? And, like, but it's like global, right? And I think that's like one of those, like, an issue with, like, I don't even know, like, sort of like many, many people hate, like, globalization. Yeah. So it's like, um, I don't even know. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that on, like, a mass scale? How could you ever? Like, there's always, and there's always going to be people who are, like, moving back and forth and, like, right. traveling, and there's always going to be jobs that are, like, needed to keep people alive, and it's just, like, ugh, like, how could you possibly? I don't even know. I could I could not be in public health right now. That would be terrifying. Like, I'm not saying Obama was, like, the greatest president, because that's obviously Jimmy Carter, but, like, we had, like, Ebola and h1n1 and like i I do think there was also like uh localized tb outbreaks and like that was handled by like somebody who like saw the facts 
employ people who did the readings and like sort of listen to them and like that was over quick and I'm not saying those things are like these things like they're obviously different in the way that they interact with the body but there is something to be said about having someone who is a leader who is like coherent and like trusting and like you know setting the tone for like what we are and what we aren't gonna do Okay, wait, but I do want to shout out because wasn't Ebola, like that was fully contained almost yes. entirely to Western Africa. And that was like, I, I want to say it was like an Ethiopian guy who was running who at the time that like really like handled that shit. Yeah. Well, there was one case and I believe they flew them to one or two cases and I believe they flew them to the U.S. And I remember that they were at the CDC in Atlanta. Um and there were white people protesting, like, take his ass back to Africa. Like, it was, like, outside of the CDC, like, they're going to cause an outbreak. And I'm like, where is this outrage over fucking outbreaks and viruses when it's time for you to put a fucking mask on? Yeah. I'm trying to, sorry, I'm trying to look it up. Maybe it's not. I think the guy who runs the Who now is Ethiopian. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but... But yeah, I don't know. Okay, sorry. Go, I guess, one, one point for Obama on that one. Yes. I would say, like, maybe two points. Like, he could put sentences together, and, like, we haven't had that in a couple presidents. He truly is, like, such a good orator. Like, I would... But that's... Okay, people say that about Mayor Pete, and I don't fuck with Pete at all. I don't... Is Mayor Pete a good orator? Like... Or do people just, like, trust him because he's white and small? He's a white and small, is that Yeah. Yes. He's like a Boy Scout. Yes, yeah. like the Jason Sudeikis effect. Yeah, I get into, like, arguments all the time. That is something I've started doing since we started this podcast. I've been fighting with people online. Yes. But um, I always get into arguments with people about Pete. Because I'm just, like, people post his shit all the time. And I'm like, this is not, like, the savior that you think he is. No. Like, he is also a piece of shit. Like, Please, please, like, critical think more than this. Like, he is not, he should not be president. No. Unless he changes significantly, and I don't trust him to do that. And I also, even if he did, I don't think I would trust him. Oh, man. I have so many. Should we just, like, end the podcast? Yeah. Okay. Bye, everyone. Bye.